Hey, Toasters, welcome to episode 71 of Movie Toast. Here is your two favorite hosts with the most toast to boast. Adam, welcome to another recording. Hey, welcome. Thanks for having me, man. I'm I'm excited to get inside the toaster this week. Get in the toaster! <laughs> Searing flesh! <laughs> now, little oh. do you know, I am a baguette <laughs> shoving myself into a one-slotted toaster. It's Ooh. very difficult, ladies and gentlemen. I'm a little intrigued. It's it's kind of it's kind of hot. Sounds kind of hot. Got to be honest. Oh, it's hot. Once once I get in there, it's like I could start a fire because a baguette's shoved into a toaster and it could catch on fire. <laughs> Toasty. <Lazy. laughs> <laughs> <laughs> it's a movie toasty show here for you. Dennis and Adam joke about orgasms and sweet movie reviews. We talk about TV too, right? I, I think so. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah! Yeah! Movie toast. Well, no, it was sad. Uh, That's going to get cut. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Leave that up to your discretion. If it's funny, it's Ooh. funny. If not, whatever. It's funny. Yeah. <laughs> Oh wow. goodness! Well, no, that's it. But it's a high note to start the show, though, folks. We, we're we're yeah. upbeat. We're happy. We're excited to give you a handful of reviews. Not a tall stack, but a savory, buttery, delicious stack of toast this week. Um, See, and I, if we were pancakes, you could call us a short stack. Short stack, but we're not. So fuck you, IHOP. You know what? You can get, can't you get a short work. stack of French toast? Shouldn't that count? Yeah, you know, it's like it's like a two slicer, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I guess. Yeah, yeah. One of those. Fucking restaurants where you buy French toast by the single slice. Like, come on, give me three yeah. freaking slices. I hate that. Yeah, or they're like, you get four slices and it's like just two slices cut in half. It's, it's like, that's not ha- fucking oh, four. You're lying to me. Oh. Don't give me that crap. I don't. Oh, just rip me off, you yeah. assholes. Six slices of French toast. It's three pieces of bread, you dick. Get out yeah. of here. Yeah. <laughs> and it's not even like good bread. It's not thick. It's not wide. It's just like, here's oh, Wonder yeah. Bread. And it's like, what the fuck? Where am I eating? Oh, mm. hey, Uncle Charlie in your trailer park. I, I don't like, have an Uncle Charlie that lives in the trailer park. I, I I don't know where that came from. Stay out of this trailer park French toast, Adam. You know not to go back. And I'm, not say, I'm not saying that it's trailer park French toast. I eat fucking regular. I get the higher brand than fucking Wonder Bread. I get, I get some nice bread, but that's neither here nor there. I have nothing against eating Wonder Bread French toast. I'd eat it. I have nothing against trailer parks. I'm sorry. I don't know why I'm going off on this trailer park French toast Uncle Charlie rant. I'm sorry, everybody. I'm sorry, Dennis. I'm sorry, everyone. <laughs> I'm gonna say sorry five more times. Oh, sorry, 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 sorry. Oh, All right, I is. think I'm sorry. That's sorry. We sorry enough. I heard oh, we got boy. some polls. We got some polls for the folks. Oh, the folks are gonna <laughs> get some polls, Dennis. Oh, we're, we're gonna, gonna give, give them, you a poll. We're gonna give them the polls. Yeah, after I get my baguette out of the toaster, I'm gonna <laughs> give you a nice poll here, everyone. So last week, I reviewed a movie called Our Friend, starring our friend Jason Siegel. Our friend is if we know him. Yeah, I wish. Maybe I don't. I don't oh, know. Man. I hear he used to be an alcoholic, so he could have been fun back in the day. I don't know. He's probably still fun. He's going to be an alcoholic. Fun. I don't know. <laughs> Anyways. So I wanted to know, out of the following four movies, which is the better of these Jason Siegel movies? Forgetting Sarah Marshall, I Love You, Man, the Muppets and Sex Tape. Forgetting Sarah Marshall. That's probably it. All right. I think, yeah. No, that's one of our like favorite movies to watch as a couple in our, our house here. That's just a... It's a great movie. I'm with you on that. It's good, but out of my, my personal choice would be I Love You, Man. I just, uh, I love that movie. It's, it's good. Movie. That, no, that would be a close second for me. Just for Jason Segel-ness, but, it's, it is good. Yeah. But I'm with you. I'm with you. If I, I close second for me would be Sarah Marshall. So the audience uh, said zero percent for sex tape, which is not yeah. a big surprise. Honestly, yeah. it was an okay movie. I saw it once, maybe twice, and that's it. I didn't uh, even coming see it. in. I feel like it just kind of came and went. You know, like it just. Whoop. It did. It did. It really did. But uh, it's what you would imagine it is. Uh, yeah. You're not missing much. Maybe one day you check it out if it's on yeah. like, Netflix when it's trending eight years later yeah oh um, well, that's right so we got a uh, two-way tie for second place if you want to take your bets on uh which two um, i'm intrigued to see what you think Ooh, for second place coming um, in 20 percent each 
for me, it's I'm not sure whether it's going to be Sarah Marshall or I Love You Man in first place because I think it's Muppets tied. So okay. I'm going to call I'll, it. I'll give you this. I'll give you this. I'll give you okay. this. Muppets is one of the films. So okay. now you get a 50-50 shot. Okay. okay. You can phone Thank a friend you. too if you want. I will. Um, can I call Kermit? You can. I mean, if you have Kermit's number, I guess. I'll wait. Shit. Oh, I don't. I don't. Oh, fuck. So, I, guess uh, I have it, but I can't give it to you. So I, it's just, sorry. It's So so not really not friends listening. then. It's phone, phone an acquaintance. And don't you get gotta to phone, phone someone who's in your your own phone book. You can't oh, say, I know lame. Kermit. I'm going to phone a friend that I don't have his number. If you don't have his number, you're probably not his friend. Okay, okay this, is simple, this, <laughs> this is true. This is that's like, a fair like measure. If you, if, you, if you have Fonzie's number from Happy Days and you call him up, he's in your phone book. Guess what? He's your friend. If you don't have Richie Cunningham's number in your, I don't know why I'm going on a fucking Happy Days. Happy Days, but, uh, but, you know, right. it's, it's only movie toast, so we might as well just keep rattling yeah. down TV shows. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, I only oh, have so your fifty-fifty shot here is forgetting Sarah Marshall. Yeah, uh, I love you, man. I love you, man. I love you, man. All right, for for tight right, tight so. for a second. So tied for second place. Dennis, you are very correct if you were uh, going to say I love you, man. Aww. was number one. But uh, it's forgetting Sarah Marshall came in uh, tied for second place. I oh. love you, man, swept with 60%. Dang. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. So that was a fun one. And then you, you got it down pretty well. So I'm, I'm, I'm good with that. The next oh. one, the final pull of the night. Whew. Dun, dun, dun. Last week, we reviewed the first two episodes of WandaVision. Not sure how we felt about it. So I wanted to know what our audience thought. I, I, I said, hey, are y'all enjoying WandaVision? Choices were, yeah, nah, I'm not too sure yet and haven't seen it yet. That That's all we got. <laughs> no, I'm just like, oh, oh, oh. and <laughs> what else? More. Uh, and what the fuck is WandaVision? No, and that's, not, that's not an option. I thought about it, though. Uh, so do you just... What, 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 what would you What's, say? Only have seen... Well, I guess at this point, episode... No, I guess that when I posted this... Uh, yeah, I guess at this out. point, episode four was out. Episode oh. four was out when I posted this. So, okay. I'm going to say yes. Okay. All right. Cool. People so, say yes. Most, coming in at... Yeah. Most is yeah, yeah. popular. So coming Most in, popular choice, yeah. <laughs> so coming in last is I'm not too sure yet. Oh, and nah, and haven't seen it yet. We got a staggering 100 percent for yeah. Wow, and that's out of 17 votes. I know it's not huge, but that's, I feel like that's a pretty staggering way to go. That says something though. After that, uh, it was posted after the fourth episode was available. Yes, is that uh-huh. as, as we'll dip into later? I know I am excited to talk about the show with you because I know my opinion drastically changed after catching back up and getting to episode four. I am very excited to talk about what's to come, and we can speculate into the in, into the skies. I don't know what <laughs> as to what will happen uh, in episode five because I'm pretty stoked now. I'm pretty pumped. Yeah, I, I can't wait to talk about that with you, but um, let's talk about some movies. We do got Dennis, some what did you watch this week? What's your first flick? My first flick is something a little different. It's a little mini documentary I found on Peacock. This is actually... You and your documentaries, man. I love I it. Like, yeah, I wish yeah. I was sophisticated enough to watch documentaries, but I'm not. Yes. Sometimes you just got to live your life like that, man. You just... When it comes to watching stuff, at least. With certain, with certain rules, you know. A paid for streaming service, then it's go for it. <laughs> it's not not anything play. you find on the internet. That is not a fair rule you should live by. No. But, anyways, this uh, documentary I'm bringing this week is called Kamome. I apologize if I'm pronouncing that wrong. This is the Japanese word for seagull. Now, this is telling the story of a fishing boat that was cast out into the ocean after the 9.0 magnitude earthquake that struck off the coast of Japan in 2013, excuse me, in 2011. In 2013, two years after the earthquake, this boat had washed ashore in Crescent City, California, some however many thousands of miles away. People were just, their minds were blown. Initially, it was just a boat covered in stuff, and I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. And they started cleaning it up and realized, oh, these are Japanese markings, and realized, oh, shit, this probably was carried over from that massive earthquake. Because it had all of the, uh, the licensing and everything, they were actually able to look up who it belonged to. Turns out oh, wow. this was a fishing boat that belonged to 
a high school in a very small town. And again, I apologize if I'm not saying this correctly. Rikuzen Takada, which is oh, right on the Zada, coast. Yeah. Apparently, it's a nice fishing location. That's for sure. Yeah, you go in there summer, you catch a lot of, a lot of bass. A lot of, <laughs> a lot of magic carp. A lot of magic Gyarados, baby. Ooh, I don't want to fuck with the Gyarados. I'm out of there. That red scale. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it was mind blowing that they were able to come in contact with the high school and be like, "Hey, we got your boat." They had actually responded back. That's amazing. Although it had been two years later, the school had reached out and was like, "Hey, could we actually get the boat back?" So the sheriff of the town was like, yeah, all right. So they started this project of we're going to try to organize enough people to get the boat cleaned up and get it shipped back. And they did. And within a couple of years, it had to get shipped across various shipping methods. But it took some 10,000 miles to get back to the town. All of this, the first like three, four minutes of the documentary. What? What hooked me was like, was was this concept of this boat traveling. And I thought the whole documentary was going to be the story of this boat actually getting back. Nope. Yeah. Resolved in like the first four or five minutes or so. Hold the phone here. What the fuck else can happen? It was quite an intense. Obviously, this was an intense event when it, this earthquake struck in the ensuing tsunami. Many, many people were killed, including the the mayor of this town. His wife was swept away. There were students at the school who had lost family members. And it was a really tragic story. This town of Crescent City in the 60s, 50s or 60s, also had a very intense earthquake. And the earthquake was actually off the coast of Alaska. But because of where this town is on the coast of California, the waves hit really hard where their city is. And they, too, had a, had tsunami waves sweep several people from that town away back then. Both places are scarred from having had intense tsunamis hit their coasts and we're still very aware of just what this means. And there was people they interviewed in the documentary who actually remembered surviving the Crescent City tsunami as children. They talked about seeing Shit. just flames looking out the window to what used to be a city. City blocks oh. just swept off their foundations and buildings completely stripped of any markings of what they used to be. And, and it was the same story in 2011. Very horrific. But what was interesting about this is this bond that was formed between these two cities that were so, you know, different countries, so far apart. An ocean literally separates them. And they started forming a lot of relationships. Uh, and just getting the boat back, the next, the following year, the school to whom the boat belonged sent a group of students back to Crescent City uh, in an exchange student program. And then Crescent City in their high school did the same thing. And it has become a tradition every year that exchange students will travel to each country. Business owners from each city have visited each other's countries and have worked out lots of interesting business arrangements. There was a brewery that made a beer based on this, the story of this boat that they were able to, they said they, they're sold out in Japan. They can't keep it on the shelves there. Old the, Iron Barge, I believe it's called. Old Iron Barge. <laughs> yep. I drank it. It has chunks of the boat in it. It kind of hurts pieces, out. pieces of fiberglass floating around in it. It's pretty, pretty intense shit. <laughs> and that's really it. It's it kind of just boils down to this kind of heartwarming story of bonds formed between two very different cities that turn out to be pretty similar after all. Huh. And it was sweet. I got to be honest. I was in for the how is this boat getting all the way back to? I guess it's that wasn't mm. as interesting. I'm, I was in for the Discovery Channel version, not the not the ABC version. I mean, so what I've found out is this piece actually would have been airing during the Olympics. This is a segment that would have oh. been like a puff piece between uh, events, I'm sure. So uh, having that piece of information is like, okay, it makes a little more sense. It was like 23 minutes. So it, it feels like it fits between something. So it was nice. Is, it, is this something you need to rush out and watch? I don't, I don't think so. But if you stumble across it on Peacock, something a little shorter to savor, this, this is not bad. I'm going to give Kamome two slices of toast. It's, it's, it was a sweet story, but I don't think it's anything you need to be rushing out of your way to go watch. I feel like the little trailer that they attach to it to that kind of sells you on it kind of, kind of leads you a different direction. Still, it's still nice. It does what trailers are supposed to do kind of thing. It's like, we're going to misdirect you to get you hooked, but at least you stuck with it. You're not like, Oh, three minutes in I'm done. Click. I did. I did. Suck with it. You shed a few tears. Maybe. Not even that. I was going to say, for something of this of this length, and if you're looking for a short short subject documentary, 
uh, Speed Cubers. Go back and check out our review of that. See if you're interested in that. That was much better to me. I was much more invested in the story. That actually hit. I it, I felt something watching that one. I, I still See, felt shocked. something watching this, but it just didn't hit as hard. I don't know. I enjoyed Speed Cubers, but I feel like this doc that you're talking about, I might be a little more inclined to enjoy more because it's like, I feel like, the what happened next with the two uh, countries coming together i feel like that is kind of what they'd like sum up in the in the end of the credits in speedcubers me being like i want to fucking see that story and it's like bitch you are seeing that story watch yep. this fucking documentary all the ways so you kind of sold me man if i had peacock i'd be watching it awesome and from the corrections department on my end I uh, was perusing through the available films on Peacock earlier today, and the greatest film ever told, Shrek, unfortunately, is not on Peacock. So I am sorry to you Shrekheads oh. out there. Uh, come over to Shrekcast. There's a whole episode of me talking about how sad it is that it's not there. However, Dennis, did you know that DreamWorks now has a, an indoor water park in New Jersey, and Shrek is heavily plastered throughout the whole theme park. Yeah, what? Are you I, I about to take a, a covid <laughs> trip to an indoor water park? I'm about to make a pilgrimage when the time is right, when it's safe, when the waters are cleared. So all you Shrekheads, be looking forward to episode 13 of Shrekcast coming at you next month where you, me, and Abby Boo will be doing the Shrek songs. We're going to be fucking karaoke and all the hits from Shrek. So check that out next month <laughs> only on Vimeo. And you're like, Adam, this is a podcast. Why is it on Vimeo? Because it's a video podcast, assholes. So I'm going to put the lyrics at the bottom, and you can read it as I'm singing it. And we're going to be duetting this shit together. Maybe we'll do it on TikTok, at movie underscore toast. Let's do it. Let's get at it. Duet me. Check it out. It's coming this week. (laughs) What are you reviewing for us, buddy? What you got? Up first, I got a movie here, guys. Shrek. Dennis, you got Peacock. (laughs) Because like me, you thought Shrek was there, but you were very dissatisfied and you didn't want to break the news to me last week that it wasn't there. Little did you know I would go searching for it. But um, I believe, did you get Peacock to watch uh, The Office? Like a lot of people who didn't realize you could just buy fucking The Office on like digital for like 30 bucks. I, I mean, assume you got it for a lot of reasons, but The Office was a big major part of it, I assume. It was one of them. It was one of the things. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I watched the movie starring Dwight. Mr. Rain fucking Wilson himself. Uh, once again, I, I was pitching this movie to my girlfriend last week when I saw the trailer. And she's like, who's in it? And I'm like, oh, dude, Dwight's in it. You know, Dwayne Johnson. I'm, no, I'm like, Rain Johnson. She's like, Who? Rain Johnson. I'm like, I'm like, Rain Johnson, dude, Dwight. And he directed like, oh, Star cool. Wars. And then I'm like, oh, wait a minute. Okay, that's why. I'm like, nope, I'm an idiot. It's fucking... <laughs> Rain John, Rain, <laughs> Rain Wilson. Uh, I'm like, oh, I'm getting him mixed up with the guy who did that fucking uh, the 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 Who Done It movie and the the bad Star Wars movie. Nonetheless, I watched the movie starring Rain Johnson. Oh God damn it! I did it again, kids. <laughs> oh, nonetheless, man. I watched the movie starring Rain Wilson. So I watched a flick called Don't Tell a Soul. This is kind of a drama thriller. Not so much action, but there's a lot of heavy emotions here. So it's about two brothers. One's, I want to say, 17. The other's about to turn 15. And they go to an elderly person's house that's being fumed and bug-bombed. And one of their friends is, like, a guy that goes and helps out the elderly for, like, community service. And he found out that the woman that lives there is keeping, like, thousands upon thousands of dollars in a dresser. And so the older brother's like, hey, you're going in there and you're going to go take this money. And the kid's like, I don't really want to do it, but all right, you're my brother. I'll do it. And because he's like, well, we're going to use the money to help mom. Mina Savara is their mother and she has cancer and she fucking gives a great performance. Like she looks fucked up and like her her line deliveries are rough and gruff and gnarly. Oh, man. Anyway, so they're, they want to steal the money to help the mother and. They pull it off. They get in, they get out, and they're like, oh, nobody else was around here. Nobody saw us. Let's get out of here. And as they're leaving, in walks fucking Dwight wearing a guard uniform, like a fucking security guard outfit. And he's like, hey, wait, stop. And they start running into the woods. And he's right behind them. And he 
falls into the ground. And the older brother runs. He doesn't give a fuck. The younger brother stops and he's like, what the fuck? And there's like a well, not a well, but it's, it's kind of like a well, but there's no water. And it's pretty deep. And he fell down there. The younger brother's like, oh, shit. And, and like they get back to their house and like he's like, what are we going to do? That guy's stuck down there. And the older brother is really sadistic and just a terrible piece of shit person. He's like, we're not going to do anything. Pretend that never happened. Because if he gets out, He's going to tell the police what happened. We're going to get in trouble. You're going to get in trouble because you fucking stole the money. Uh, and this, the younger brother is played by uh, one of the, the losers clubs guys. One of the, the little kids from it. He's the kid that fucking pops the pills. And as the mother who's like, my Eddie, you're going to, you're going to get, you're going to oh, get sick. Eddie. Yeah. Okay. And he gives a pretty good performance. And uh, so he kind of wants to go set the guy free, but he's kind of having a little moral dilemma because his brother, is like, don't fucking do it. And so he ends up going. He talks to him. He's like, I'm going to help. I'm going to, I just got to sort some stuff out. He brings uh, Dwight some food. He brings him a walkie-talkie to talk to him. He brings him some blankets. <laughs> and they kind of form a little bond. And the brother finds out and gets pissed. And he's like, hey, he's like, I'm going to come with you to go see that guy. But first, we got one little fucking thing that we got to do. And he's like, cool. They go back to the house that um, was being bug bombed. And it's like, oh, what the fuck are you doing? And he comes out carrying one of the canisters with the bug spray in it. And he fucking dro drops it down on Dwight. And, and, and like all the fucking shit's coming out and like he can't turn it off or anything. And it's like, well, fucking looks like they just killed him. And this is all in the first act. And it's like, holy, holy shit, shit, I thought this whole movie was about the struggle of happening. And it's like the rest of the movie is about like the outcome of like struggling with what has happened. And there's a lot of heavy stuff happening here. And there's some twists, some turns, some stuff. I'm like, oh, I saw that coming. I might have seen that coming. But some shit I'm like, oh, I didn't see that fucking coming. It's like a really interesting thriller that you're not quite sure what's going to happen. Um, but I was really happy watching this. Like it was a quick watch. I think it was like eh, maybe a little under an hour and a half. Uh Oh, wow. An hour okay. and 23 minutes. And it just moved so quick. And there was never a dull moment. Everyone gave like a great performance. And right. like, it's just, you think you know where the movie's going. Then it's like, nope, we're going here. Then we're going here. Then we're, and it's like, it was a fun watch. So I'm going to give the movie, don't tell a soul, two and a half slices of toast. Um, two and can, a half. Yeah. I want to give it three, but it's like something's holding me back. And I don't know what that is. But um, you can. Rent this movie for about six bucks on any video on demand platform, or you can buy it for 10. I, like a fool, I rented it because normally when I buy movies, they turn out to be stinkers. But um, <laughs> I'm going to say, guys, if anything I said sounded intriguing, spend the extra four bucks and buy this flick. It's worth the fucking 10 bucks. Nice. Oh, damn. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Sweet. Yeah. This kind of story intrigues me. I like the kind of isolated thrillers and stuff. So I, I know you've gotten mm. my attention for sure. And I was looking at the IMDb of the writer director. It's a person named Alex McCauley. One of the movies Alex made was a movie I loved called Flower that came out in 2017, which was about this, I want to say promiscuous young teen girl played by Zoe uh, Dutch. Yeah. Yeah. It was a great movie that this director wrote and directed. And I love that movie. And now it makes sense. It's totally different from the movie I watched today. But if you want a good double feature, check out Flower. I think it's on Hulu and maybe Amazon. And, but definitely check out Don't Tell a Soul. Good shit. And Corrections Department, the writer-director of uh, Don't Tell a Soul, was only the writer on that movie. But still, oh, pretty st top, yeah. top notch stuff. Yeah. Nice, nice. Um, what, what else did you watch this week? Well, um, I'm going to tell you about something that's not so top-notch. Oh. Something that I'm going to tell every soul I can to not go see. So, oh, I like that! <laughs> sound the alarm. Everyone, pay close attention to this title I'm about to repeat to you and delete it off of all your lists. I'm going to give you what is now my lowest rating I've ever given on this show. This is The Vanished on Netflix. Released in 2020, this was actually the part of the reason my wife and I watched this the other night was because it was like ranked eight or nine in the U.S. So we're like, okay, let's see what's going on here. This uh, film is starring Anne Hetch, Thomas Jane, Jason Patrick, oh. 
so these are, yeah, it's like, these are names you recognize. These are people who've been in big movies. Peter Facinelli directed the film, and he's also a character in it, wrote the film as well. Oh, dear God. Oh, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Okay, I got to be honest. This film has all the components of a thriller I should enjoy. I see why Netflix gave me like, oh, we this is a 97% match for you. I'm like, oh, yeah, all right, yeah. let's jump into this thing. So it starts off telling the story of a small family going out to this lake to celebrate Thanksgiving. So it's kind of like this off-season thing. They don't get, you know, you, you kind of get to be on your own. You get the place to yourself. It's a little dreary looking, but we're all we're all happy and excited. Right off the bat, though, Thomas Jane is doing a like an accent or a voice or he's putting on something that immediately my wife and I looked at each other just like, what is he doing? What's Thomas Jane doing? So we're, we're, we're driving in our RV. We're getting to the campground. Uh, we kind of get this creepy vibe from the guy who checks him in at the campground. But otherwise, it's kind of like, all right, we're, we're gearing up for our thriller. Obviously, we're building up towards something. The wife goes to shop for some things from the convenience store. Anne Hatch or Anne Hesh. How do you say her name? Anne Hesh? Anne we'll go Hesh. With that. So it's, it's yeah, set it, we're getting settled in. Thomas Jane is talking to their pretty neighbor, this woman in another RV who is like sitting in a spa for some fucking reason that never comes up again. <laughs> we have to see her get out of it in a bikini and all this shit. Is she hot? She's attractive. Yeah. It's just felt, you know, it's unnecessary. Out of place. Yeah. He's supposed to be distracted because, uh oh, what do we, we turn around, the daughter's missing. She's <gasps> vanished. And what? She, we, can't, <laughs> we can't find her. So we're looking around the campground for, her, and then it's, oh no, there was a deadly criminal escaped prison yesterday. And he's somewhere out in the woods. He's, he's hiding. So we don't want you out looking for your daughter because we fear for your safety. So we need you to stay at your RV. And of course, mom and dad go looking out in the woods. And we have the most hilarious, like, Thomas Jane gets out these two flashlights and he handles them like they're guns. It is so funny. He's just... Dude, Dennis, he doesn't have Punisher. to pretend. He's the fucking Punisher, dude. I know. The Punisher whipped Come out... To, but it's like he didn't... It's like if the Punisher didn't know how to load a gun. This is the version of the Punisher we have. Okay. It's weird. Things seem have felt off right from the get go. Things are just feel weird. I'm just like, all right, well, you know, we'll just keep wading through this kind of like very basic beginning to this movie. The dialogue is not very good. It's just like, all right, you know, we're, we're going to get to the cool shit. So yeah, they go out looking for their daughter. They're out in the woods. They, they see a camp, like a makeshift campfire and a dude is sleeping with a, a big fucking 44 next to him. And they're just like, oh, this has to be the guy. Some reason, they just start sneaking up to him. They don't see the do <laughs> their daughter anywhere, but they start approaching the guy. She starts reaching for his gun in the most awkward way ever. First of all, she's like straddling him for no reason. And then she starts reaching towards the gun. And he, of course, he wakes up. He, she picks the gun up, shoots him in the head. She's killed this guy. They're like, oh, we got to run away. We got to run away. So they, the next morning, the police come tell her, yeah, so the criminal's been caught. He's been found and they've returned him to prison. But we just got to let you know, there was another, there was a killing out in the woods last night. Someone killed a, oh. a survivalist camper. We get these types all the time that they come out with just this clothes on their backs and they try to survive the weekend. But looks like someone, uh. someone killed this guy. So now Anne Hesh is all, oh, I killed a man. But it's, <laughs> it's weird. And like, we haven't spent enough time trying to look for our daughter. It just goes off the fucking rails after that. Thomas Jane watches the neighbor RV couple start having sex, so he gets all horny and tries to sleep with his wife, who she's all distraught because their child is missing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, there's a bunch of weird stuff. They try, so they try to throw you MacGuffins. They try to distract you with this and that. And maybe they took the daughter. Maybe they took the daughter. But every time they throw one in your face, it is the fakest cellophane shit that you can see through and you don't believe it for a second. All of the performances are just so flat and so stale. You just get extreme emotions. I get it. I, you know what? It maybe would punch a little harder if I was a parent. Even being a parent, some of the stuff they do is weird. It just doesn't make sense why they make some of the choices they do everyone's reactions are ridiculous. We get all these moments of they try to have all this profound photography that just doesn't feel earned. Jason Patrick is trying to act all deep and it's like nothing Wait, feels Jason like Patrick, he's earned. This? Yes, 
Who's he playing? The cop or the sheriff Baker? He's the sheriff in charge of trying to find their daughter. Oh, well, uh, I don't know why it was. Nice. I thought you meant Robert Patrick. I love that guy. Oh Jason my god, that'd be Patrick, awesome. Nope, know. Robert Patrick is not in this. Right. There are no no Terminators in this. Sorry. No, as I was saying before, I'm going to spoil this for you. And if you're going to try to listen to this, then skip ahead a little bit. But I can tell you right now, guess what? The daughter didn't exist. It is the cheapest fucking out of it was all a dream fucking excuse where they are both like psychotic and their daughter drowned like 10 years ago. And they keep having these breaks where they believe she's alive and they keep revisiting Uh. the place where she died. And over the course of the film, they kill like four people. They come across a totally unrelated pedophile and kill him. What? The person who happens to run the store happens to also be a horrible, horrible human being who's a pedophile who's been like capturing children and recording them. And then there's like the kid who tends to the grounds, the only other kid who's like seen all the shit go down, is like a crazy heroin addict that has been like He's the only one who, like, outs the parents. He's the one who figures out she doesn't exist anymore. When it finally tries to attempt to have a twist, it is just so, like, finally, like, I don't fucking care. Get me out of here. It just sounds like it doesn't earn it. It never earns a moment for me, ever. The, The music is... It's very cheap. The cinematography, although there's a few very pretty shots, then there's a few that are just weird dialogue yeah. is is terrible like just the script i'm sorry mr facinelli i'm sorry man but this movie is not for me movie toaster dennis here zero slices nothing nothing here question for me so very bad first first bad review of the year where's this who who wins a better movie award out of this and gemini man gemini man at least has entertaining action scenes. And there were moments in it that I could enjoy. So Gemini Man earns that half a slice it has. I have a new depth to the scale. I know what zero is now. This movie, (laughs) I learned something that this movie introduced to me zero on the movie Toast Slice scale. So I, I did my best, folks. Do with that information what you will. But I tried to warn you, stay far, far away. Or you loved it. And uh, yeah, tell me, tell know, me why. Please explain to me why you think this is a good movie. Because I would love to hear what reason you have to give. This is oh, oh man, it is just so bad, bad, bad. As bad, you're bad. talking, I checked out Netflix and I saw out of everything, TV and movies, this is still ranking number nine. But when you go to movies, this is ranking number six. Oh dear God! Yeah, we yeah. need to get it out of there. Yeah. What is wrong, America? What is wrong? Stop it. And it's funny because it for me, it says I have a 95% match to this. It's a, it's like I said, it sets up like a thriller that I should enjoy. That's like, I should have liked this movie. The characters were all like, I feel like in better hands, the story would have fared a lot better. Having the mother who's gone crazy, having the husband who's just willing to do anything to keep her crazy delusion alive. You have the sheriff who he's lost a child, so he feels so strongly connected to this case. He's throwing his whole life at it, but he's battling alcoholism and his wife leaves him over the course of the film. But I don't care. You have all of this happening and I just couldn't give a shit because nothing made me feel anything in this movie. And then you take away the one thing that you're supposed to have the connection of having a child. And oh, child wasn't ever there. I mean, it was, but like 20 years ago. Uh, wow. Yeah. Anyways, that, that was that, man. I hope we can climb out of this fucking double zero. Eh, we can give it a shot. Oh, what you got for us, buddy? I got the new HBO Max Warner Brothers dual released film. So I'm saying you can go see this flick in a cinema nearby if you, if you get one open, or you can watch it on HBO Max. I watched the Denzel Washington thriller, The Little Things. This movie uh, is about a an ex-Los Angeles PD officer who, for some reason or another, decided to leave. He was, like, on the top of the beat. He was the cop of cops, and he just decided, I'm going to move about an hour and a half away two hours away from Los Angeles. I want to live a simpler life. He kind of lives in the middle of the desert. He's a cop in this little rinky-dink town. But something that happened in his town kind of could help solve a case happening in Los Angeles. So he goes back to Los Angeles and uh, helps 
Remy Malik, who's a, a young hotshot in the LAPD, track down a serial killer. There's a serial killer that's going around killing young ladies, posing them in weird positions and doing weird things to their body after they're oh, dead. God. This takes place in the 90s, 1990. And so at first, these two are at odds. They don't like each other, but they both want to find the killer. And Denzel kind of does some digging, and he really highly, highly suspects that it's a repairman played by Jared Leto. And so him and Rami Malek decide to go and fucking stake him out and watch him. And they're watching him for a while. And at one point before Remy Malik and him, Denzel's watching him on his own. And at one point he calls out, he stops and talks right to Denzel. It's there's some hmm. tension there and it's creepy because fucking Jared Leto is fucking creepy looking here. Like he looks like a fucking serial killer. And yet he has this fun, bubbly personality. That's like kind of playful. And uh, it's just a little <laughs> off kilter and unsettling. Tapping into his and, Joker. <laughs> yeah, except this is a lot better than his Joker. <laughs> a lot, <laughs> lot better, at least. If this is how Joker was, I'd like Joker a little more as, as Jared Leto's rendition. So they're watching, clearly watching him. And he knows this, so he keeps fucking with them and doing little things. It's like a cat and mouse game. But we never see Jared Leto killing him, killing anybody. We have no proof. They interrogate him. He denies it. He gets to walk free. They watch him. No evidence whatsoever. But they have little things that might link him to it, but they can't get him. So they're just on him like white on rice. It's kind of cool. You see a lot of Los Angeles. Like, there's a lot of areas. I'm like, oh, cool. I know that place, that place. One place that he ends up going to is the strip club over in North Hollywood that's across from the little uh, second-run little discount theater. And I'm like, it looks a lot like... That's funny. Yeah. And because like they're parked across the street watching him and you can see the Wells Fargo that's there and you can see that place. And so many little places. If you live in Los Angeles or you've been to Los Angeles and you know it pretty well, you'll be like, oh, I know that place. Oh, I know that freeway. So it's kind of cool. Los Angeles is a character here. It's a, it's a little bit of a long movie. It's uh, fuck how long it's uh, a little over two hours. There's a little bit of slow moments, but not really, because there's a lot of like tension and drama building. It's it's I I don't know how I really feel about the movie because I liked it, but I was also like, uh, I don't know. Denzel Washington, I feel like isn't giving a Denzel Washington worthy performance. It's like Denzel on autopilot. Like he's not like normally I feel like Denzel has like high charisma, high spirit, a coolness about him. But there's something more mundane and laid back in it. And it could be a character choice, but I'm just so used to seeing that high octane fucking performance out of them yeah and remy malik is giving his typical remy malik style performance where he's kind of like slack jaw and kind of monotone but he's pretty cool you see him he has a family and whatnot i have really mixed feelings about this it kind of felt like a david fincher movie it kind of felt like it wanted to be Mm. like like seven or something but just not quite to that caliber um and the the writer director is a pretty well-known guy john lee hancock He's done. Uh, he's the guy that did uh, the Blind Side. He did okay, Saving yeah. Mr. Banks uh, a couple of years ago. There was a Netflix original movie like about the cops hunting Bonnie and Clyde called The Highwaymen. He did that. So this oh, guy has a yeah. really like interesting. He he does all different genres, and this movie was good, but something was holding me back. I'm gonna give this two and a half slices of the toast. Um, I can't honestly tell you what's holding me back. Maybe it's the performance. Maybe it's the little bit of of the time. But I will say one thing really pissed me off in the beginning before he goes to Los Angeles because he's just going. He thinks he's going to pick up some paperwork and come right back. You see him talking to a dog. I assume it's his dog that he takes care of. And he's like, I'll see you later tonight. And then he's fucking in Los Angeles for like a week or two or a month, some unknown amount of time. And I'm like, what the fuck's happening to this dog back at home? Oh, no. Damn, yeah, and they didn't so even just like round that, out. Oh, give me some I dog mean, answers, please. I don't want to spoil anything if you see the dog again or not. But uh, yeah, that that was that was really on my mind. I'm like, I don't know why that little mi- minute detail really got me. But it's interesting you. because the title, I'm like, what the fuck does this mean? The title is The Little Things. And he's like, well, we're going to catch this guy because 
there's always little things that add up and nobody thinks about the little things. And like he, Denzel says it a couple of times, I'm like, hey, you know, okay. true. You're gonna I was going to guess, I was going to guess that's like, it's a Denzel Washington line, isn't it? Cause he's going to, mm-hmm. yeah. he's like the, yeah. he's the old hat. He's the, I've been a detective. Mm-hmm. Like you gotta, I, it's, I, it sounded yeah. like a cop thing. You like that. That's cool. Uh-huh. But it's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing. I yeah. like that. It's one of those cases where it works. And it's same thing with the don't tell a soul. The older brother is like, don't tell a soul about what happened here today. And I'm like, that's that, that worked, but it felt forced. But in this, it felt kind of natural. Uh, so right. yeah, check it out. If you got HBO max, totally worth it. I wouldn't say rush out to theaters and risk COVID for it. But if you got the, the streaming service plop down, you got two hours, check it out, but don't rush. I mean, yes, it's going to be gone in a couple of weeks. So watch it in a timely manner if you want to watch it. It's cool. Nice, nice. Yeah. No, it's, there's another one. I would, I would give that a shot. I would have to see if I can get it within my means here. But uh, mm-hmm. something I think it it sounds like we're both going to give a, li- a, f- a few more slices than two and a half is going to be our, our last segment tonight, if I had to guess. I uh, mean, at least- I don't want to words in my mouth i don't know where i'll I'm put going. some words i'll put some toast in your mouth man i don't want to oh what type of toast is it man this uh, is some golden like brown deliciousness swirl. oh we know we, we we've achieved the crispy crispy golden brown this uh this week i am See, all here, in the issue dennis i don't like crispy toast i like i like a little limp toast like, okay I don't you know, know what, what if you I want like, your weird I like you, a nice you're a you're but, a yeah, floppy bacon eater aren't you you like floppy oh, bacon. I am a flop. I, I oh, hate burnt things. I hate things oh, with texture. I hate that shit. I love but you, man. But for the sake uh, of the show, for the sake of the show, we'll say a nice golden, fucking crispy, whatnot brown, super flavorless because it's so burnt piece of toast. Well, no, it's I not burnt. Burnt, yeah. burnt toast. Yeah, yeah. that's the that's the other end of the uh, scale, my friend. No, we for so me if it's slightly more than brown, <laughs> that's burnt. But Sle- that's neither here nor there. Golden, golden. We're talking golden. Okay, golden. All right. Um, whatever your preferred toast doneness, I think we're leaning that direction now. This week in uh, Wandavision, as we teased earlier in the episode, I've finally caught up to through three, and then Adam and I have both uh, viewed episode four. So I think we'll touch base a little bit on uh, what direction the yeah. show's going. And I got to say, right off the bat, I love where we landed. It's finally we're finally getting to where I wanted to be. In the mm-hmm. first episode, and I gotta be honest, I kind of hate that it took that long to get there. If you haven't seen episode three or even episode four, we're gonna spoil it. So cut out, peace out now, guys. Thanks for listening. Hopefully, you come back next week. And if you do eventually watch these episodes, come back and listen to this. But yes, I want to spoil shit here, Dennis. I don't know about you. Hey, does it enter at your own risk from here on out? This is it. Da dum 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 yeah. for you. Okay, so Wanda Vision. Well, I like the I liked the font they had on the credit roll this last episode of just that very sixty or the very seventies, like mm. Brady Bunch. I love that the on the credit roll. Uh, anyways, so we're 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 breaking the world. I like that. So the fact that we're starting right off the bat in in color, we've broken the mold mm-hmm. of how we've been living. It seems that Wanda's influence into the world is pretty profound. She can make things the way she goddamn wants it to be. But what's interesting is how much influence and why is she choosing to do it like this? I'm still convinced there is another hand kind of guiding her, or at least nudging her this direction to keep her here. We do, we do, we do break the, the world a little bit when uh, our new, Wanda's new friend, she, she might make a reference to the world as we know yeah, it. Yeah, so let, before we get there, let's set up the episode. <laughs> sorry, so sorry, the last I time am... we talked, the end of episode two... Wanda had a baby bump. In the beginning of this episode, there's a doctor looking at her. She looks like she is ready to give birth any day now. Oh, yeah. And this whole episode is about her giving birth. And the doctor who is going to take care of her is about to go on vacation. So she's at home alone. Like you said, her new friend is going to help her. And Vision's going to go get the uh, doctor. So that's where we're at in this episode. Let's talk about what her friend says that freaks her out a little bit and and, and, sorry as you were saying that you reminded me of there's a moment that really caught me off guard that i to me struck me as like a horror movie moment that i gotta point out that is something that i think will i fuel the rumor mill um when the neighbor who's trimming the hedges as vision is just like greeting him hello starts cutting into the cement wall with the hedge trimmers Uh and he just keeps staring ahead and can't and he doesn't stop 
that was scary. And the, the fact that it had the laugh yeah. track going underneath it made it scarier to me. And like, this is mm-hmm. this is a horror show. And then like Vision recognizes this. He's not, he's like, this isn't yes. right. Because uh, he, he sees Catherine Hahn later talking to this guy. And he knows even before that, he tells the guy, hey, I think you're hitting my... Uh, my my brick fence here. What are you doing? And he's like, oh, yeah, I am doing that. <laughs> we see Catherine Hahn talking to him, and they're kind of whispering, and, and Vision will say something. They'll give him a, a blank answer, and you can tell the neighbor really wants to say, hey, shit, this is what's going on. But Catherine Hahn's like, you shut the fuck up, dude. And then we come back inside to the, the birth that is now about to take place because the timeline of her birth is is compressed into – what, less than 12 hours now? Yeah, and even Vision calls that out. He's like, uh, like a half an hour ago, you didn't have any baby, and now you're ready to burst. And there was a point where he even says, like, at this point, you would be giving birth in four months. But she then jumps ahead to nine months pregnant, and then next thing you know, she's going into labor. A whole lot's happening. And that's when that's when we arrived at the moment I was teasing earlier. This is when we get to Ultron gets name dropped. Mm-hmm. Because she gives birth to a baby. And before this, her and Vision were fighting about, oh, if it's a boy, his name should be this. If it's a girl, it should be that. And they're not agreeing. And then, uh-oh, she has a boy and a girl. She has twins. So then her new friend, Geraldine, I'm saying in air quotes, is talking about twins when her and Wanda are looking at the twins. And Wanda is like kind of like a little upset. She's like, I once had a twin. And then the neighbor's like, yeah, yeah. I know. And she, yeah, and then she says her her brother's name. It's she name drops a Quicksilver, his real name, Peter Maximoff, who was killed by Ultron. And in this world, no one should know any of this information. So <laughs> th- this this uh kind of knocks the socks off of Wanda because she knows this shouldn't be happening. Because yeah, the, the, she says yeah, Ultron killed him, right? I, I didn't say anything. I didn't, and she gets very defensive. She tries changing the subject. She tries steering it back, but Wanda doesn't let it go. And then the, the show skips. She's gone. And Vision comes home at this point. And he's like, hey, where's Geraldine? Because she was just here a second ago, ideally. She had to leave town. And like, it was, it was a very, I thought it was a very cryptic, but creepy and awesome way of like leaving it off. And then she gets thrown the fuck out of town back into our, our reality where she is still in her wardrobe. It reminds me of Thor when like oh, Hawkeye's yeah. up in the building, like with his, like doing security. You see like all this maximum security type things, helicopters, uh, CIA, shield, sword. You see all these different people, and it's like what the fuck. And it like changes aspect ratio, and now you're in a cinematic. Oh, I love world that. To the in color sitcom. Oh yeah, it was sexy. When we got, yeah, when we had the really heavy moments where it was like the tone of the show shifted heavy, they would do the aspect ratio change. And I loved it because they made you savor it. You watched it happen. And it wasn't a quick thing where they weren't trying to get you to notice. They wanted you to feel it happen. And it was uncomfortable, but it was awesome. I loved that. It was a nice touch. Which immediately was pumped to, yes, let us jump right into episode four because Mm -hmm. we've now broken out of the show. that's what I saw last week. I'm like, Dennis, I really need you to, in my head, I'm like, watch the fucking show. It gets good at the very, I think I even said, I'm like, last week's episode, I'm like, yeah, the very end of episode three is where things really start picking yes. up. And- yes, and that's, that's totally true. Yeah. Yes. Um, so this is uh, setting up what has been going on, where, where she's at. Uh, Monica is getting back into the world. She was snapped away, the, the, the blip had taken her away for that period of time. So oh, God, dude. getting, yes. getting filled back in and all that was intense. And I loved seeing that reverse Not side. Even, yes. Yes. The episode just starts with Monica, like in a hospital and people are freaking out. People are like ashing back together. Like we're just lost. We don't know what the, it's so jarring. She's like, where's my mother? My mother just had surgery. And then like your mother died three years ago. And it's like, what the fuck is happening? And you're like, holy shit. This is after Thanos snapped the world away and they're coming back. It's seeing that whole fucking ordeal. Oh, it was so amazing. Yeah, that was badass. It sets up for what her frame of mind is. And now she's coming back into Mm -hmm. her old job, which was working for S.W.O.R.D. I mean, now in hindsight, realizing she was fighting aliens. She has an awareness of the universe that very few people did. So that was pretty badass. I liked I liked that setup. Getting to see her her mother is like this hero. She's uh, recognized and and is a name that uh, that is renowned. 
that setup of seeing finally outside of the show and seeing what's going on was pretty cool. Um, yeah. But sorry, go ahead. No, no, no. I, I, I was going to say a weird little theory that's out there right now. Uh, some people, they, they mentioned the agent's name at some point, and it just so happens to co- coexist as a name from the Marvel Universe, which is actually the son of Reed Richards, who is from the Fantastic Four. So some people are wondering if this is our first foray into the Fantastic Four. I don't know. Either way, it doesn't fucking matter, I guess. It's just a theory that... And there's a few there's a few good ones. Uh, one of them that I, I'm kind of buying into right now is the Mephisto theory that mm. this is um, immediately after the blip because Mephisto collects souls, he just made bank. Like he just got half the planet's souls in his pocket and he must have been ecstatic, right? Well, several years later, he had all of them taken away. So it wouldn't be, I don't think it'd be too crazy to think that maybe he got kind of pissed and maybe he's going to go find the people that took these souls out of his collection, you know, reclaimed all of these, uh, all of the souls he'd had. So what if this is all an orchestrated event to try to fuck with who he may think could be his biggest opponent, who, you know, who might True. be the strongest against him? Because it would easily be him and, uh, or her, Wanda and Dr. Strange would probably be the biggest threat to Mephisto. So that is that theory. And and that his identity is hidden, or he's taken the identity of either one of the people in the town or possibly one of the sword agents who are observing just to try to gain one that, that information. I heard, well, one that, that I heard floating around was he was the uh, the stork that was kind of causing trouble oh. in episode three because she kept trying to poof him away with the magic. That's true. And he just kind of blew it away. It just, I don't know. He just shook it off. And it was the red cloud. You're right. The red smoke. And now I know it's normally kind of like a Wanda trademark, but this is also something that comes up around that character, Mephisto, in the comics. And I want to say the cartoons, even. What didn't he show up in the X Men series at some point? Probably. It's been so long. Um, I can't recall. But yeah. Episode four really gets us there. Three, I was feeling better. Four, yes. 100%. Yep. We're in. I'm in. Let's do this. Mm-hmm. I feel like the show finally As started. Honestly, our audience agrees too, because like I said, hundred percent, everyone's on board on this show right now. Yeah. And up until last week, I was reading reviews of people pissed about the fact that we're just being strung along and whatnot. Let's not, and probably we, we, not we pissed three one. episodes away. I'm sorry. I'm going to be, I'm going to be straight up. Yeah. We pissed the first three episodes away with some flowery shit that yes. I mean, I laughed. I, there were some, there were funny moments. There was entertainment in there, but this is not what I showed up for. I showed up for episodes three and four, like especially mm-hmm. episode four. This is what yeah. I'm here for. If it was an even split of these things, I think I would have been a little more invested. Or if we compressed everything we did in the first three episodes into like the first one, one and a half episodes, episodes maybe. Yep. Yeah, then I'd be set. It's framed in something that I can digest it better because I want to know a little more why we're here rather than jamming me in here and then giving me no answers. Well, we kind of figured out that at another holy shit, what the fuck moment of realization and clarity here that we haven't even touched based on. Like when we see when the, the haze is kind of lifted off of her, when we see the real vision, we're seeing the same vision that died. We're seeing a dead yeah. corpse. Of vision. And then she has to use her magic to turn him back into the living, well-looking vision. And she's like, and he's like, well, if this isn't working, we can leave. And she's like, no. This is our home. We're staying here. Nothing's going to change. Like, she wants this. She needs this. But it's like, is this someone else's force making that? Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. This is her reality that she thinks this is the only way she can be with her one true love. And my guess is either, either, okay, so either this, uh, the vision that we're seeing is just a fragment of her soul maybe that this is whatever's left her their their love and their bond together that this is what exists within her or this version of vision is our villain this is mephisto and this is how he could manipulate her by trying to appease her keep her happy in this little isolated shell maybe the bigger he's pulling strings somewhere else and the bigger event is happening some you know in the background while sword and everyone else are distracted by this shit. Yeah. You know, I don't know. That's I true. Don't know. We'll have to, we'll have to keep watching and find out. Yeah. Cause I think they recently announced that they're doing a Disney plus series of 
Agents of Sword, and I think that's going to be the nice. the show that Nick uh, Fury is going to be in because at the end of Captain Marvel, we see him kind of doing something bigger and grander, and I think that ties into this maybe or no, not the end of Captain Marvel. Sorry, the end of uh, Spider Man Far From Home. Far from oh, there you go. Yeah, we'll we'll have to. Yeah, again, we'll have to see. We'll have to see. I, I like what? this type of conversation we're having, not the conversation yeah. we had last week. This is where I'm mm-hmm. having fun, you know. This is exactly what Marvel does best. Like they up the ante, and it yep. just took a while to get there. But oh man, and what 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 if Mephisto is really Catherine Hahn? I don't know. We didn't even think about that. I could see that she's the Hon, redheaded uh, lady. That would be pretty cool. Oh, man, I don't know. But next week, I'm hoping we'll get some more answers. And by next week, I mean tomorrow of the day, the, af- the day after this episode drops. Oh, man, I can't wait. Yes. Um, yep. I am. Uh, yeah. It, now I'm now I'm ready for the rest. Like, OK, I'm actually excited to continue watching the show. So. Oh, well, I'm keep happy. bringing it to I'm you, like, Toasters. I was like, oh, fucking Dennis said he's going to watch it. I hope he watched it because I was going to text him like, Dennis, watch the fucking show, man, because I needed to talk about this. I'm so happy that we watched it. Oh, Thank yeah, you. absolutely. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, folks, uh, that is a... For only a few titles, uh, we still brought you a, a hefty helping. I'm I'm glad that we were able to offer you up some reviews. Sorry, not all of them were, were shiny and golden, um, but at least we can... No, maybe apologize. keep you from yeah, some we're, things we're you know yeah. yeah we're saving them time and money dude it's That's all right. good they say yeah <laughs> exactly this show too that that has been great uh hit us up on the on the socials folks let us know how you're enjoying how the the turn what did you think of with the direction that wandavision's going now did you watch the vanished did you actually like that piece can't imagine why but tell us <laughs> uh, we're, we're over on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. We've got a subreddit, Discord. Hit us everywhere, man. We're we're have a budding TikTok channel. We're kind of having fun doing some silly stuff on, and mm. you know, and interact with us. Give us give us some comments. Give us send us some chats. Yes. Please do. We're at movie underscore toast on Twitter, Instagram, Reddit, Discord, and at Facebook and YouTube. We are. At Movie Toast News and Reviews. And uh, what? I believe we're at Movie underscore Toast on TikTok as well, right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. That is our subreddit as well. Uh, movie underscore okay. Toast. And please, ladies and gentlemen, if you're filmmakers, you know filmmakers, Dennis, what should these filmmakers do? You need to come over to Film Freeway and check out Movie Toast, the festival. Come, come yeah. check it out. We, we have a category for you. I promise. We want to see those films you got. This is a short film festival of any kind. Share with us your art. We want to see that thing you were passionate about making. Get it in front of some eyeballs. We're going to have a digital screening at the end of the year. We're really excited to be giving out the awards for all of these cool things you've made. And uh, yeah, we got you got a lot of time to submit, but the sooner the better, the sooner the cheaper. That's for sure. Yeah. Uh, we're still in the early right bird now. phase. Yes. So get at it. Get in there. Get all over it. And maybe you'll win the show. And maybe you'll be on this show talking to us about your flick. I don't know. We'll see. But please, awesome. thank you for listening. We we love you guys. Thanks for interacting. Thanks for doing the polls. Uh, definitely, please interact with us more. We love talking and working with you guys. And uh, we got some videos that are going to be coming out soon on YouTube. Uh, I can't wait for them to see these things. They're pretty fucking spectacular. Oh, yeah. The Toasty Talks. Hell yes. yes. Ooh, I said too much. And if you want... And if you want, we also got some little baby snippet reviews. They're called movie crumbs that are going to be coming out. Movies that we didn't have a chance to talk about on the show. Quick little segments. But that's, that's all going to be tasty. coming in the next couple of months. So thank you guys. I appreciate it. I, I love I love getting here every week, being able to talk to you guys. But I couldn't do it without you, Dennis. Thank you for being here, man. I, I, lo- I love talking oh, with you every man. week. Thank you, sir. It's always a pleasure. I always look forward to our our episodes here. I like sharing our, our movie viewings with you fine folks and looking forward to sharing some more with you next week. Word. Well, with that folks, be sure to stay toasty. I uh, at mean, least- I don't want to put words in my mouth. I don't know where I'll I'm put going. some words. I'll put some toast in your mouth, man. I don't want to, Oh, what type of toast is it, man? This is uh, golden like brown deliciousness. Oh, we know we we we've achieved the crispy 
crispy golden brown this uh, this week. I am See, all but here, here's, in. Here's the issue, Dennis. I don't like crispy toast. I like I like a little limp toast. Like, okay, I don't you know, know what? what if you I want like, your weird, I like you, a nice in <laughs> you're a, you're but, a yeah, floppy bacon eater, aren't show. you? You like floppy oh, bacon. I am a flop. I, I oh, hate burnt things. I hate things oh, with texture. I hate that shit. I love but you, man. But for the sake uh, of the show, for the sake of the show, we'll say a nice golden, fucking crispy, whatnot brown, super flavorless because it's so burnt piece of toast. Well, no, it's I not guess burnt. Burnt, burnt toast, yeah. yeah. That's the that's the other end of the uh, scale, my friend. No, we so for me, if it's slightly more than brown, <laughs> that's burnt. But Slip. that's neither here nor there.